you know, this is where if I wasn't a present engaged loving father, I wouldn't have recognized this. But, you know, so everybody like gets rolling on their chores, right? Because we just kind of wanted to do the test run, see how everybody did. And uh, she's getting the water, or whatever. And I could just see the, the look on her face, something's wrong, you know? And I asked her, hey, baby, what, what's going on? You know, you seem upset or whatever. And she starts tearing up a little bit. Are we going to lose the house? Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? Building Great Sales Teams, guys. Welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. If you're joining us on YouTube or any form of video, you're probably noticing, hey, Doug's sitting down. <laughs> I don't think in uh, 100 plus episodes, unless it was like an on-site episode or it was at somebody's location or something like that, that normally I'm standing up with my background back there and everything. But I'll be honest, I wasn't really feeling it today. <laughs> The very fact that I'm doing this episode is a miracle right now because I just wasn't feeling it, honestly. And I think we all have those days. I, I did an episode a while back called uh, The Fuck It's, you know. And I think uh, as entrepreneurs, we all go through these time periods where it's just like, whether it's the money's not right, the family's not right, the, the operations or a client's pissed off or whatever the case is, like, we just ain't feeling it that day, you know. And you got to still get it done despite. So that's kind of uh, what we're doing today. But I've got, I don't have a guest for you guys today. I have a, a story for you guys. And so I think, you know, we have all these little mini series within the podcast. You know, some of them have one episode and some of them have seven or eight. But uh, I'm going to start a new one because we need, we need more of them. <laughs> like we need more of them. Uh so this one's going to be called Behind the Curtain, okay? And you guys know I'm pretty, I'm pretty transparent. I get pretty vulnerable on here sometimes. And uh, so this series is going to be about exactly that, like behind the curtain, you know, behind the Doug Mitchell curtain, the Building Great Sales Team's curtain, the Argenta Consulting curtain, right? And I wanted to share a quick story with you guys, and I've kind of type this out as a post already but you know I didn't feel like it came through in the writing like I wanted it to and so I decided I was going to do a short podcast episode about it so I feel like and I might be wrong here and if I am just go on to the next episode or find another one to listen to I got like 150 something of them so I'm sure you got plenty <laughs> but I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs will be a lot of entrepreneurs that have kids will be able to resonate with this one, right? And so, you know, obviously raising kids is a journey in itself. And then you apply entrepreneurship on top of that and it creates all kinds of different pressure. You know, and there, there's a few different forms of pressure. There's, you know, obviously uh the pressure to be a present and engaged and loving father, right? And I'm only going to speak from a man's point of view here because that's what I am. That's the only way I can speak or the, the only point I can speak from. But there's that pressure to be a 
a present, engaged, and loving father, right? And as men, we tend to we tend to want to isolate ourselves in an effort to protect and provide, right? We want to take on everything ourselves and 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 all of that. So going from that kind of mentality to, you know, going home to say my 12 year old daughter and uh, having to kind of switch that off a little bit, right? Cause she doesn't need all that. You know, she needs a protector, of course she needs a provider, but what she really cares about is that I'm an engaged, um, present loving father. That's where the real connection comes from. I feel like most, most people can provide and protect their children for the most part is it is very easy this day and age, but the ability to turn off the phone, to turn off the noise, turn off the business, turn off the friends and the fun stuff that you want to do and show up for your kids that that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother deal. You know, we like to, we like to pretend like it's easy, but I, I, I don't, I don't believe we were built that way as men. You know what I'm saying? Uh, is it fulfilling? Hell yeah. It is the most, one of the most fulfilling things in the world. And so um, I'm always going to encourage that obviously, but going into that, right? So entrepreneurship as a father, it's just a little bit different, right? You don't have that steady paycheck coming every Friday. And, and so when the kids are young, it's easy, right? Because if something was wrong, they wouldn't know it, you know? And, you know, you come home every day, doesn't matter if the bank account is negative 20 grand or positive 20 grand, you know what I'm saying? Like, unless you have to move out of your house to them, everything is on the up and up. Everything is good. Life is great, you know? And so you have to kind of like, you do, you have to stuff all that down, you know? So if something's going on at the office, you know what I mean? Or if you got some insane pressure on you or, you know, you got payroll coming out tomorrow and you don't have the money for it. You've got to find a way to like be present, right? Or, you know, do what I did in my twenties, which was just not go home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just stay at the office until I figured it out. And I didn't have to, and I had a solution before I even went home. And sometimes that is the solution. That's the thing. There is no, there is no perfect answer to a lot of this stuff that I'm talking about right now, unfortunately. You know, you have to take it case by case and variable by variable, person by person. You know, there's so much that we like to boilerplate and template and quote on social media or with our friends. We find ourselves regurgitating it, you know, and, you know, it's stuff like, oh, in a blink of an eye, they're graduating college, you know. And so, all right, what am I supposed to do now? I'm supposed to, like, spend every waking moment with them and be 100% present, 100% engaged, right? And then there's the other side of it, you know, where it's like, as soon as they're born, they deserve the life you didn't have, you know, that whole deal, that whole cliche, right? So, all right, I'm going to go balls of wall and work 100% of my time towards providing that, you know? And so obviously there's a happy medium in there, but damn, when you get to that medium, that line moves all over the place. So all that being said, right, you're raising kids and as they get older, you know, they get a little more cognizant of your income level and what what they have. 
do they appreciate it? Hell no. How could they? You know what I'm saying? Like, how could my kids appreciate it? We just went to uh, Universal Studios and Disney World, you know? Like, how could they appreciate Or not Disney World, Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure. I don't know. They make that crap too complicated. Like, it's a theme park, you know? Like, anyways. Um, I can go down that road. I won't. But to them, that's just normal life. That's the bar, right? And so for the past year and a half, almost two years, we've had a house manager, you know, and the term now is house manager because, you know, house cleaner isn't quite enough or cleaning lady, you know, like, I guess it's like a little more derogatory now. So we just call it, we just called her our house manager. And, um, she was just a damn good human being, right? Um, she rescued dogs. She cleaned houses. You know, she had a, a special need child and then two other kids that she was raising on her own. She's just good people. And so whenever she responded to my post in in the Divine Group, um, because, we, you know, I and, I and I put exactly what we needed. You know, the, our, our thing is dishes and laundry, Right. Those two things, and that's what most house cleaners won't do. So I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to filter for this. Only one person responded. They were willing to do it, and I posted exactly that, that this isn't just cleaning our house, it's dishes and laundry. Because these are the things that take up, when I go home, I've got about two and a half to three hours with my kids. That's, you know, including dinner, homework, and everything else. And so the last thing I want to be doing is trying to maintain the house, you know? And, uh, so about two years ago, we decided to ha hire a house manager, you know, and, you know, it wasn't anything crazy because she, she worked about 10 hours a week with us. So, you know, it, the expense was about 300 a week and uh, it's gone up since then. Right. Because she's done a really good job and we wanted to uh, invest in her. And then, of course, like we're not that that group that like if she misses a day or if like we don't need we're out of town for a week and we don't need we, we kept that income going, you know what I'm saying? That's something that you do to, to keep that spot open. It's kind of like daycare, you know? And uh, so just recently, it was probably about a week ago, you know, my wife and I are talking about this trip that we've been planning for a while and that we may not be able to make happen, you know? And because um, finances are getting tight, transitioned from, owning my own business to a full-time consulting company now. And yeah, it's still a business, but it's not the same. You know, when you have 40, 50 people out every day producing for the business, you know, and you're just managing that and building on that, it's a little different than, all right, I've got to go out and get these consulting gigs. And so, um, you know, and I'm figuring, I'm figuring that out too. Basically I started a brand new business uh, three months ago. Right. <laughs> so, and I, and it was incredibly profitable in month one. And then, and then month two is like, Oh crap, we got a prospect, you know? So anyways, I went through these transitions and I posted about it. If you want to learn more about it, just look me up on Facebook. But, uh, the point was, is, you know, things were getting tight and, you know, so we decided, Hey, overall, we need to start cutting back. Right. Like we didn't want to bail on this trip that we we're going to take with our family. And so 
like, hey, we need to start cutting back so that we can be able to afford this trip. And, and honestly, this next year is going to be tough in general because I'm starting a new business. And on top of that, Alicia started her tutoring service. So she has no income from that because that's the legit brick and mortar like business. So the uh, she's probably going to have like six to eight months before she even turns a profit, right? So things are getting tight. And, um, you know, we made the decision like, hey, our kids are older now. You know, uh, they're getting home early and, you know, our daughter, she gets home before everybody else. And so we feel like we could easily maintain the household and not sacrifice, you know, that quality time with each other, you know. And uh, now that we're both entrepreneurs, it's a lot more flexible, too. And then, yeah, the, the, our income level is about 50% of what it was in 2022. And so, you know, we, we let, we let our house manager know and we gave her two weeks, you know, we were like, Hey, um, we're not going to be able to do this anymore. Uh, but of course, uh, we'll give you time to find another, you know, client like us or another position, whatever the case is. And so we don't expect you to come clean, but we'll give you uh, two weeks of, of salary during that time you know and so we made that decision and so we got the kids together and we're telling them what's going on you know things are getting tight we're being honest with them and uh i guess <laughs> and and this is in hindsight we probably should have said hey um this does not mean anything other than we're not going to get these luxuries right but here's the problem they don't know what luxuries are because we've set this standard and now that they're, you know, nine, 11 and 12, they've had it for two years now. Plus, you know, I've always had some, you know, when I was uh, separated and divorced, I always had someone cleaning the house, you know, cause the gym and, and hanging out with my friends. And, and when I had my kids, I didn't want to have to worry about the house, you know? And so um, I, we kind of set the standard this last four or five years. And so, uh, I think they got used to it, but anyway, so we tell them what's going on. We're like, Hey, we're going to put together basically a, a, a list of chores for everybody. Everybody's going to have to pitch in, you know, my, my chore is uh, vacuuming and cleaning the floors every other day, you know, and then doing a deep clean every weekend. Right. So all of us had these different chores, you know, Cameron's was taking care of the chickens and Logan's was doing the poop duty, you know? So, um, and then in, then they got additional chores inside the house because we didn't have somebody doing those anymore. So like Logan's was, you know, wiping down all the countertops in the kitchens and um, organizing the dishes because his mom was going to wash the dishes, right? Maddie hates doing the dishes, so she's going to do laundry. I'm going to do the floors and then Cameron's going to clean the restrooms. And we're going to do all of our chores every day for the most part, if we can. And then every weekend, we're going to do a deep clean on each of those chores. And so everybody... But what I liked about this concept was everybody was responsible for somebody else's space. Everybody was responsible for somebody else's clothes or somebody else's dishes. So because of the, because it wasn't like, oh, you're responsible for your stuff, that whole deal, right? We were all helping each other out as a family, you know? And so we came up with that concept in the conversation. We started like talking to everybody about what they not what they like doing because nobody likes doing chores, <laughs> you know what I mean? But what they absolutely loathed doing, right? And so we came to a good place or whatever. And uh, 
you know, this is where if I wasn't a present engaged and loving father, I wouldn't have recognized this. But, you know, so everybody like gets rolling on their chores, right? Because we just kind of wanted to do the test run, see how everybody did. And so I walk outside and, and, and one of Maddie's normal chores is taking care of the chicks. We've got two chickens and two ducks right now that we're raising. And uh, she's getting the water or whatever. And I could just see the, the look on her face. Something's wrong, you know? And I asked her, hey, baby, what's, what's going on? You know, you seem upset or whatever. And she starts tearing up a little bit. And so I'm asking her, um, what's going on? And she's like, uh, are we going to lose the house? And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Like, where did that come from? You know? And so I realized the boys are running around doing their stuff. We're in the backyard. It's not the best place to have this kind of conversation that she obviously is deeply, deeply worried, you know? And so I, uh, I tell her, Hey, come over here and talk to me. So we, we walk to the side of the house where my truck is drop the tailgate. We hop on the tailgate. We start having a conversation. And, and I think one of the things that sales has taught me is to listen. You know, this has helped obviously in my relationships and, and especially with being a parent as we, as parents, you know, and our kids do stupid stuff, you know what I'm saying? So like, they're not the, the smartest beings at their age, you know what I'm saying? And that's appropriate, but at, at, at the same time, they do some stupid stuff, right? So we may think, hey, we know everything. We just need to tell them what it is and they need to do what we tell them and that's how it works. But, and we forget us as humans that we don't work that way, right? And so because I've been in sales all my life, I understand the power of listening. And so I really let her talk and it, that's the thing. If someone wants to talk, it's easy to let them talk because they don't really give you a chance to jump in there, right? But when someone's struggling with something and they're emotional about something, it's hard for them to articulate it. So you need to give them time in between sentences. And when, they, when they're trying to think of stuff, you don't interject. It's, it's so easy when they can't get the word out to like try and interject. But then you're not going to get the real, the real thing that's bothering them or eating at them or whatever the case is. And so, so she tells me, you know, I'm worried, you know, if you're not, if you're not making good money that we're, you know, we're going to lose a house or we're not going to be able to pay the bills or we're going to have to move again. And so I let, I let her talk for a while, but I want to focus on this thing first. So say we're going to have to move again. And I'm like, you know, I, I walked her through it. It's like, when have we ever had to move because of money? She thought about it, and she's like, the only time that we've moved, at least that you remember, is when we got separated and divorced, you know? And then uh, moving after that was upgrading, you know? I upgraded to a nice house in the west side of San Antonio, and your mom upgraded, you know, and put a contract on this house, and then we got back together, you know? And so it's all been upgrades this whole time. Um. So I, I started walking her through kind of our history as a family, you know, and when we had money issues in the past and what I've done to like bridge those gaps and stuff. And I said, you probably don't understand this just yet. And I don't want you, I don't want to make you think it's all me. I've had help from family, from financial institutions, from, you know what I mean? Like 
whenever things have gotten tight, though, we as a family have made it happen. And the problem is, I guess, is she is 12. She's only really became aware of money in general for the last couple of years. You know, and part of that's my fault. Like, I should have done a better job teaching her some of those concepts and stuff. And we've we've done some things together. We've gone over some business plans for Lemonade Stand. And, you know, we're, we're all talking about doing a, a little egg hustle business. You know, I know I put out the videos and everything like it's a joke, but it's not. <laughs> We are, we are seriously thinking about doing a little family egg business, you know, and it would make like a couple hundred bucks a month. Right. But it's more, uh, to teach the kids marketing, you know, uh, keeping books, you know, all the things that go into the business and stuff. And so, um, anyways, I, don't, I got sidetracked. That's, there's my ADD. So I'm having this conversation with her and I'm basically letting her know like, Hey, I know you don't understand this yet, but. I've made it happen my whole life, you know, no matter why, you know, I had issues, whatever the case was, like we've figured it out and you haven't really seen that. So you don't have that confidence yet that that's going to happen, you know, but I want you to talk to your mom about it and she can kind of probably do a way better job than I am of explaining to you some, how bad things have been in the past and we've always come back from it. And I, and, I, and I told her, and it's what I post sometimes to you guys and, and we talk about on the podcast sometimes. It's like, at the end of the day, it's easy to put food on the table. It's easy to put a roof over your family's head. You know what I'm saying? The reason that, that entrepreneurs go out of business is because they give up. You know, and that's the difference, is I have never given up. That's how you stay in business for 13 years. You know what I'm saying? And whatever version of business that is, I don't care if you're bringing a hundred dollars a month or a hundred thousand a month, you're still in business and you're still fighting for your dream. And so I walked her through that. And I think that comforted her a little bit. And sometimes, you know, our daughters, all they need for us to do is hold them for a little bit and, and comfort them that way, you know? And I think she needed both at that moment in time, but it, it did, it really got me thinking like, wow, this is the first time she has seen us struggle as a family. And, and here's the crazy part. Like, it's not near as bad as she was thinking it was. But she thought a house manager or a cleaning lady was the same as, like, the electric bill. You know what I'm saying? To her, those two things were the same. Think about it. We, as adults... And as entrepreneurs know that both things are uh, completely different in terms of necessity. You don't need a cleaning, uh, a house manager, you know? And, uh, but, but, but in her head, if we were losing that thing, then we were, we could be losing everything. And so I explained to her that we were making strategic moves so that we, and it wasn't just about the trip, you know, that we're going to take this summer. It was, it was more about, the responsibility we had to our house manager too. So like we had already had conversations in the past that she might get a full-time position cause she needed to, to earn more money. Um, cause she has other clients too, but between us and all her other clients, it wasn't, it wasn't working out to enough. Right. So she was thinking about a full-time position. So we were already having this conversation. So we wanted to make sure that like, Hey, you have time to, to go and find that position that you're looking for, you know? And then, 
and then, yeah, we knew that, hey, our income this year is going to be about 50% of what it was last year. So it's not responsible for us to, to be doing this, you know? And so, um, but yeah, it was just crazy to look to like, look back at that and see, see kind of how somewhat sheltered my kiddos were, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm excited about it, you know, because, you know, and we have it and we have had issues with that. And for you entrepreneurs or for you sales leaders that make good money, it's very hard. It's very hard to, to teach your kids the value of a dollar. It's very hard to teach your kids hard work. And it's very hard to teach them responsibility because you are bridging a lot of the gaps there that would have came if you had struggled. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're basically making it too easy, you know? And, and I, again, the, the cliches work sometimes and sometimes they don't, right? So we have to, as entrepreneurs and as sales leaders, we have to intentionally teach our kids these values on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, we do, we, we have to make it just as important as the CRM drip campaign. We have to make it just as important as the way we work our leads or the, our biggest client. And uh, that's something that I'm going through and I'm realizing now, you know, now that my kids are becoming teenagers and they're in that, that weird stage between <laughs> being a kid and being a teenager, that preteen, oh man, the hormones are going crazy. And they do, they, in, in myself included, right? We we're probably the worst version of ourselves from 11 to 13 years old. <laughs> it's so freaking true. And I, and Ryan's over here laughing because he, know, he, he, he deals with them every weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's because that's at church when they're supposed to be on their best behavior, you know? <laughs> but it's so true. We are probably the worst version of ourselves from 11 to 13 and in, in terms of, like, our childhood, right? And so this is, this is that moment in my life where I have to hold those hard lines. And I have to do – and it is, it is. It's like recognizing when you need to sit down and have that conversation. And hopefully it doesn't become a lecture. Hopefully it's a back and forth and hopefully they're engaged with you, you know, and it's very hard to engage a 12 year old, you know, like they got their own life, their own friends, their own things going on, you know, but I'm so glad that at a, at a, at a minimum, I've been again, a present engaged and loving father that she feels like she could have that conversation with. It's easy to have conversations like that with her mom because they have the girl thing going on, you know, saying like, and she's going through all that stuff right now. So she's got her mom to lean on for a lot of that. Um, but for her, her to come to me and be vulnerable, that was huge for me. And uh, I wanted to share that with you guys because I would imagine that you have gone through that or are going through that or are going to go through that in the future. I wanted to make sure you knew that um, I was struggling with things like that. You know what I'm saying? And so um, you could have permission to struggle with it too, or to reach out for help. And as always, guys, you know that you can message me anytime. Um, shoot me a message or um, a text if you have my number, whatever the case is. And if you're going some, through something, whether it be on the business side, on the personal side, reach out. We can chat about it a little bit. 
I have. I've had a lot of conversations like that. And and it's easy to reach out to like, you know, a podcast host that you listen to or, you know, somebody that you follow on Facebook versus like your wife or your dad or your mom. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, even if I did judge you and I was that type of human being, which I'm not because you guys know I've done some terrible stuff and I've fallen short you know, as a follower and as a human being. Um, but sometimes that's easier, you know what I'm saying? Because there's not a whole lot of risk involved, you know? And so feel free to, um, but yeah, I wanted to, to, to share that with you guys and hopefully you got something from it. If not just a few laughs like Ryan did over here. <laughs> and uh, no, I appreciate you guys, you know, we're over, you know, we're at 150 plus episodes now and it, and it has, it's been crazy. You know, you, even, even though we dial it down, we, you know, we typically only shoot episodes on Wednesday. I'm shooting this one on a Friday just cause it didn't work out. So we had to get an episode in for Monday, but it, it, it has been nuts keeping this pace, but you know, one of the, and I, and I'll shout them out real quick. If you get it, if you guys get a chance to listen to the real business owners podcast, that's a fantastic podcast, super, super tactical, super mindset. Those, those guys are very eloquent, whether they know it or not at, at, uh, communicating the entrepreneur's journey and, and basically giving a lot of value. But anyways, that was the first like podcast that I really resonated with. And like, I kind of modeled mine after it, even though theirs was real business owners and mine was building great sales teams. You know, I, I, I jocked their intro structure and, you know, uh, their uh, graphics and stuff like that. We definitely, mod, you know, I sent Ryan those graphics. I was like, hey, make it look like this. <laughs> and, uh, but anyways, one of the things I noticed is uh, they had a clip playing the other day on social media. And and Trevor and Keller are friends of mine now. I'm in their mastermind, so I'm wearing their the hoodie. But anyways, uh, I saw that it was like episode 204. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm at 155, you know, and I'm competitive. So I'm sitting here thinking like, oh, shoot, wait till I pass them up. Because they do one a week, obviously. They're a little bit busier than me. <laughs> they do one a week. And so um, I know I'm going to pass them next year or not next year, uh, at the end, uh, probably Q4. And uh, so I'm going to have to like message them and say, hey, I got more episodes in youtube <laughs> and then travis would be like but who's got the better episodes huh you know <laughs> you know trevor that's that was spot on but anyways uh no i appreciate you guys uh we're going into the easter weekend and so uh for the for those that are followers you know this is always an amazing weekend for us and i'm gonna do my best and this is a big part of you know, Ryan talked about wanting to do an episode on the holidays and we'll absolutely do this. But one of the things I wanted to say about the holidays is like, and, and, and you let me know if you can relate to this, throw a comment on YouTube or shoot me a message on Facebook. But it's like, man, when things, when things aren't going well in the business and you've got to go and like spend time with family over the holidays and they're all inevitably going to ask you like, how are things going? You know what I mean? And, you don't even want to begin to get into it because that's all you did all week was get into it. You know what I'm saying? And then, uh, but it, it, it's hard. Again, it's hard to be a present, engaging, and loving father, husband, 
brother, sister, cousin, whatever the case is. And so I just want to say that, you know, I'm on that journey with you guys. And I appreciate that y'all go through that, you know what I'm saying? And then when things are going well, you know, the, the holidays are great, right? <laughs> and and we all we all would love to be able to turn that switch off, but we know it doesn't turn off. Can we can we calm it down? Can we quiet the noise a little bit? A hundred percent and enjoy ourselves. Yeah, to a degree. But at the end of the day, that that business is still in the back of your mind. That business is still gnawing at you a little bit, you know? And so I, you know, normally when I say these things, I have a solution. I don't have a solution for this. It's just part of being an entrepreneur. And it's the very reason most people don't make it. It's the very reason most people don't even start. Because they know they they want to go to Easter. They want to go celebrate St. Patty's Day or Christmas or Thanksgiving and not have to worry about work, you know. And uh, and so just wanted to let you guys you know you weren't alone in that. But to do your best, you know, and kids make it easier, right? They're just amazing little creatures running around all the time, having fun and full of life. And so they they pour into us. But yeah, enjoy your Easter weekend, and uh, looking looking forward to all the he is risen texts I'm gonna get. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy yourself. Let's get building. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. We really do appreciate it. As you know, we believe that great leaders build great teams. How do you become a great leader? You learn from the greats. Join us at the Million Dollar Mastermind put on by Ryan Stuman in Frisco, Texas, and learn everything that you need to learn to be that great leader. The link will be in the description below. As always, we ask that you like, share, and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts so you can stay up to date with the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. Let's get building.